Hey y'all, it's Crystal. And it's Samantha. This is Serial Holic Sisters. True crime shit. Sup, girl? I, I do have something, but I... Oh, you have something. Like to, I, I do have something that I... Can I just say how old I feel? What, okay, can I say, we started out before we hit record saying, we're not going to have an intro because this is going to be long. <laughs> and then as soon as I, I hit record, she goes, I have something. <laughs> I do have something. I forgot to tell you this. Okay. Okay, go. So I'm going to tell you how old I feel. I'm like super, super old. Okay. I'm just going to say that you're four years younger than me. So shut up. Okay. Well, this is going to make me <laughs> feel real old. Oh, thanks. <laughs> so, um, as you know, I'm in school, clearly. Okay, <laughs> now, after this, I have something to tell you because being old made me think of something, but go ahead. Okay. <laughs> so, um, one of my classes that um, I'm taking this semester is like a leadership class. We have to take this course. Um, I mean, for obvious reasons, you know. Sure. So, uh, in this class, we, um, one of our assignments was a group project so um this is all an online course so group projects are obviously kind of a little difficult if you want to say so um there was like there's like five of us in this group so you all have to get like together virtually and figure out what they're gonna do what you're gonna do yes yeah so i we got assigned the the group on monday and the assignment was due on friday so i'm like okay we better get started on it because how are we gonna get this done and i'm like i hate procrastinating on assignments like i i have way too many classes (laughs) to procrastinate on. somebody signed up for a lot of classes their first semester a lot of freaking classes so um i waited all monday and was like let's see if anybody has like the the push to get a hold of anybody nobody did so like later that night I was like nope can't do it so I emailed everybody in our group and was like oh you're that girl I'm that girl I was like hey everyone (laughs) how's it going hope you're not busy (laughs) kind of introduced myself and was like um I don't know how you guys want to work on said project do you want to do it via email do you want to do it via zoom like how do you guys want to do this? Um, I personally work full-time on top of going to school full-time. So if we zoom, it can't be until like after 6 PM. Yeah. Everyone chose to do, um, email. Yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. No big deal. So here's my thoughts. (laughs) So I gave them my thoughts and was like, we're all given a specific, um, like our group was mandated for this specific topic and oh, are we they all like 18 and you're older oh my fucking god <laughs> so, okay so yes you get where I'm getting so like um we get this group project done it's turned in cool well now it's a new week and we have a new assignment but our assignment's technically um just us except we're supposed to ask like the group members the year that they're born so that we can build a timeline mm-hmm. based on like historical events that have happened from the the youngest person right. on okay. and then do it from the oldest person on <laughs> oh, you're the oldest person so I'm the oldest person in the group <laughs> um that's so sweet so everyone I emailed the group because like we didn't do zoom or anything I was like hey everybody what you're like hey I'm old it's me <laughs> well, I, I didn't say it first I was like hey everybody what year were you born 
and everybody sent it back 2001 shut the fuck up <laughs> I'm like I graduated in 2004 but okay <laughs> I was like what <laughs> you're then, like I just realized I can't do this project anymore <laughs> that's literally what I said I was like I am opting out of this so then they sent back they were like hey you forgot to add your year <laughs> <laughs> they're like hey grandma <laughs> and I was like 19 <laughs> I'm over here like they're saying 2001 2002 Mm-mm. I was like you guys weren't even do you know who Monica Lewinsky is oh my god that... <laughs> I was like <laughs> I'm like going through all of these things I'm I'm like just fucking say it just say it 90 it's not 90, that bad I'm, 1990 that's not bad like, so all I could think of was um the <laughs> the titanic meme of rose when she's old and she's like it's been it's 84, been 84 years, years. <laughs> whatever <laughs> so my old thing is i was talking to our brother sean on the phone the other day and he got like got off work early and he called me and he's like hey what's up and we're talking for a while and then he was like are you the only one home it's like really quiet there and i was like oh no like everybody's here like it's just quiet and he's like well, how is it so quiet and i was like well um Danielle's in her room reading Goosebumps and Tyler's watching King of the Hill and he was like why is it 1997 at your house also I was talking to him on my landline at the time (laughs) it's cordless don't worry (laughs) it was cordless but still also that's a better time so all you little babies it was just born in the 2000s I was like you missed out out on some good stuff (laughs) it felt so old so old um You're not so, so yeah old. they got to go and look stop up saying some- that because that makes me so old they got to go and look up some historical events that they didn't even know happened I'm sure <laughs> that is that's something yeah makes like, me feel they, some kind of way these people weren't even alive when um Bill Clinton was in the presidency <laughs> what? or what? how about George W Bush he wasn't alive. like they weren't even alive then I was like oh god <laughs> they're like so you saw 9-11 oh I know and I was like yeah I was actually technically in like I think I was in high school I was in high school yeah you were a freshman right I was a freshman I remember watching it at school on the news yeah so if you were a freshman then yeah stop stop trying to math (laughs) no I was sitting there thinking I was like yeah I I oh god that was terrible so no I would have been this old so I would have been wow she's still thinking fifth grade (laughs) uh you're in fifth grade so you know what Danielle said to me earlier so I have this nice the people can't see it but we're on video I have this nice bottle of wine that I have not drank any of yet but it's I have the it opened so that it's ready for me and my daughter opened it for me <laughs> like got it out of the fridge and I was like getting ready to open it she's like oh can I do that and I was like oh, okay and she's she like gets the the corkscrew out and she's like screwing into the cork and she goes you taught me this when I was in fourth grade <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I said don't don't tell people that <laughs> she's in fifth grade now so it well, was okay. just I- it was just a little while ago. <laughs> if, I, if I get wine out of my fridge, my four-year-old says, oh, mommy, you getting mommy juice? <laughs> it's mommy. I literally have a cup that says mommy juice. Also, yeah. uh, my son was like, 
well, you haven't taught me how to open wine yet. I'm like, it's just, it, girls need it more. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's okay. Though. We don't need you to open our wine. We got this. <laughs> <laughs> One thing we have, we need you to go build our house. <laughs> go build our houses. All right. All right we should probably get into it since we were like we're not going to have an intro because this is going to be a long <laughs> I'm sorry I got on a tangent of how old I felt but it was definitely it was definitely a moment that I realized that what the fuck am I doing in college you're it's it's all good you got this no it's, I'm, I'm actually surprised uh one of my one of my classes uh one of my law enforcement classes there's actually older people than I am so there you go. Sorry, that was delayed. I was taking it. I was taking a sip. <laughs> a sip. All righty. Not a, not a Sammy sip. So <laughs> this week, last week you talked about um, the killer couple, the mm-hmm. Rosemary and the Fred West. Um, I'm going to talk about another killer couple, the one that I was afraid that you were going to talk about last week. So, um, there's tons of craziness in this case. I'm going to go ahead and say ahead of time for the entire time, trigger warning for everything, um, for like sexual assault, rape, murder, trigger warning, all this. Um, it's going to be a kind of a long one. So get all like comfy and settled in. Do you have any guesses? No. Okay. So I am covering the Ken and Barbie killers. Paul Bernardo and Carla Hamoka. I knew this one. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That's so all hope, you had to say. That's all I had to say. Hopefully I got a little bit of info you didn't know, but we'll see. So we're going to start with Paul. Okay. Mm. So <laughs> she looks straight up disgusted. All right. <laughs> Paul was born August 27th, 1964 in Toronto, Ontario. He was born into a wealthy but dysfunctional family. So I'm going to give a quick little background of his family because it's important in what like later changes his personality. So his mother, Marilyn, um, she was adopted when she was young by a very well-off Toronto lawyer and his wife. And she was raised in like a happy, gentle household. And then his father, Kenneth, he was the son of an English woman and an Italian immigrant and his father had built like this very successful marble and tile business and um, was also very abusive to his wife and children and was like basically human garbage. So that's cool. Um, Kenneth, his dad had decided, no, Kenneth had, Paul's dad had decided not to go into his dad's business, like the marble and tile business. No, I thought you meant the beating women. (laughs) Oh, no, not that. (laughs) He did that. So (laughs) he just be the bear bad. No, he did. He he went into that business. He just decided to be an accountant instead. So, (laughs) (laughs) so um, Paul's mom, Marilyn, she had wanted to marry this man that she had been dating for like a while, like all throughout high school and stuff. But her dad didn't approve of this marriage because he didn't have the education that her that her father demanded of his son-in-law. So um, instead, she married Kenneth Bernardo. So they settled in a nice middle-class neighborhood in Scarborough, um, in Ontario, like the Scarborough area of Ontario. So um, this marriage did not go very well. 
like his father, like you said, Kenneth was very abusive to Marilyn and their kids. So after having a son and a daughter and being severely physically abused, Marilyn sought refugee in the arms of her previous boyfriend, the guy that she wanted to marry. And um, during this affair, that's when Paul was conceived. So Kenneth found out about the affair and was like, well, we're just going to have to pretend this is my kid, you know? So, because that's the reaction you have to that. So um, when Paul was born, Kenneth just like signed the birth certificate as the father and um, just went on like meeting her and all the kids and whatever. And instead of like her, like taking her kids and leaving, Marilyn stayed with Kenneth and his abuse became even worse. And he became like hella creepy, like hella creepy, (laughs) like hella creepy, (laughs) like hella creepy. Like he started like lurking the neighborhood at night and (laughs) peeping into windows of women and young girls. Mm -hmm. And he apparently fondled a young girl and had to like go to court over it. Like it was this whole thing. Cause that's not okay. And then he actually even began sexually abusing his own young daughter. So that's none of that. None of that's good. Meanwhile, meanwhile, all this is going on and Marilyn has become extremely depressed and she like put on a, a ton of weight and became like very obese and stopped taking care of the house and the kids and just kind of like went into her own little world and moved into the basement of the home. So that's real good for the kids, you know, just like ignore everything and move into the basement, you know, cool, cool, cool. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> so um, it's said that Paul didn't suffer near the amount of abuse as his half brother and sister did. Um, I don't know if it's because like he wasn't actually Kenneth's kid or like what the deal with that was, but it said that he was like an overall happy, cheerful child. And he was described as like a very cute little boy with blonde hair and dimples. And he was always very polite and well-mannered. He did well in school and he loved Boy Scouts. So I did see one report that said that when he was around like four or five, he ran away from home for a few days and then he went back and like nobody had even noticed that he was gone. So like, if that's true, four or five. Yeah. I only saw that once. If that's true, that's really freaking sad. But like, also don't feel bad for him because he's terrible. (laughs) I don't feel bad for him. I know he's (laughs) he's an awful human being. Yes. So as he grew older, he became more involved in Boy Scouts. Um, He worked as a counselor in the summertime and like seemed to really enjoy like spending time with the children and like all the kids loved him. He was like the popular, cooler, older guy. They all wanted to be like him. Um, Throughout high school, he had lots of girlfriends um, and they all at that time said that he was very sweet and respectful with them. Everything seemed to be like going really well. He was like this sweet smart little kid okay then one day when he's like 16 he's like in his room and he can hear his mom and dad arguing like in the other room and then his mom like comes into his room with this picture of his biological father and she like tells him this is really your dad like that guy's not your dad like this is your dad (laughs) (laughs) because because that's how you go about that (laughs) (laughs) that's how you go about that no like I had an affair like I was with your dad but like this is your dad and it's not even like, like, they didn't even like ease into it. Like, 
Hey, no, son, we need to talk to you about how you were adopted. No, they were like <laughs> fighting and she busted up and they're like, he's not your daddy. <laughs> like, hey, he's not your daddy. So, <laughs> your daddy is this guy. <laughs> so he did not take that well. <laughs> I mean, would um, you? <laughs> after, after, I wouldn't take it this bad, I don't think. So after learning, oh, the no, tr- no. <laughs> after learning the truth about his mother's affair, he would openly like mock her and call her a slob and a whore. And <laughs> like when she would be mad at him, she would like yell at him and call him the bastard child from hell. Like super functional family, right? <laughs> so Super healthy. That is so healthy so now he hates both of his parents because like his dad's like this awful abusive peeping tom pedophile person and now he sees his mom as this like slobbish whore apparently (laughs) (laughs) so she's the hoe for show and he's pissed so he's like this angry angsty teenager all of a sudden um he starts hanging out with kids that are like the bad boys of the neighborhood um, they're like very macho and they treat all the women like very, very badly. And so he starts doing that too. And his like entire attitude changed like in general, but especially his attitude towards women changed um, like super dramatically. By the time he was in college, he had developed a very, very dark side. So he was into like very submissive women and very forceful, like, anal sex mm. that was his thing yeah so like that butt stuff yeah he did like but not <laughs> but like that forceful butt stuff like that violent but like the violent Come not on. okay yeah <laughs> so <laughs> he had developed a terrible temper and he enjoyed publicly humiliating women humili humiliate words are hard stop. <laughs> He like demeaned these women up in public. Pick a new word. Pick a new word. I did it. So use your synonyms. Uh, he eventually began abusing all the women that he dated. So he and his friends would go into bars every night, and with like his good looks and his charm and all that, he could pick up like any girl that he wanted, and he would like they just like go along with it. He wasn't. It, he was a freaking creep but he was not a bad looking guy right right and so he picked these girls up and then he would turn out to be this like very bad tempered abusive guy <laughs> you know the dream so <laughs> you know the equivalent to fuck boys these days yes. <laughs> so he would really like dating girls that were much younger than him because he preferred dating virgins because like he had this weird thing about he would like to take girls virginity because he's a fucking creep um okay (laughs) yes so he preferred dating virgins that were still in high school because he knew they were young and inexperienced and basically they didn't know that the rough violent sex they were having wasn't like normal (laughs) that's just like all they knew because that's yeah it's terrible i feel like that's kind of like a no i let's take that back a little bit because that's like a common thing i'm sorry i mean if if nobody tells you it's not common sense like some of these girls uh, people people don't talk with them what if they have what if they have no friends and nobody tells them then they don't nobody in the world had those are the girls those are the girls that he would go for though 
those are the girls that him go for like the shy like quiet ones that mm, no yeah. like i would be like mm, something's not right this is not right this is not <laughs> this is, right it's not okay so when he was also, 19 that's also oh. another sorry that's also <laughs> another thing like if you're a female and you do not like it say say no you can say no there's a good there's a good word that's out there called no <laughs> like say it be no. like i don't like that try something else or also <laughs> don't like, try something else wrong <laughs> <laughs> so when he was <laughs> oh god when he was 19 he dated a girl that was 16 um they started dating and they dated for three years before she finally ended the relationship so when they first started dating she didn't know anything at all about sex and basically their entire relationship was this so like he would pick her up for a date and then he would drive them to like this abandoned factory and park behind it and then he would have like forceful sex and violently sodomize her and then he'd take her back home like that was their dates for three years <laughs> your face so one night he became very annoyed because he picked her up and like drove her to the factory and she was like i don't i don't feel like having sex right now like i don't i don't want to do this right now and so he got real mad and molested her with a wine bottle and then tied her up and raped her because because she, she didn't want to have sex right then so after he was done he acted like nothing wrong had happened at all and was like super friendly and was like you were really great tonight i'm gonna take you home now yeah he's fucking straight up insane meanwhile this poor girl was just like crying all the way home like not one talk, and then she like broke up with him not long after that <laughs> not long not long not long after that i would have been like uh bye <laughs> yeah bye felicia yes so also she she was still in she was underage and he was over 19 but okay yeah she would have been if if they say the other for three years she would have been 19 and he would have been 22 so still anyways mm. also i think this is in canada and i feel like back then the consenting age was like 14 i read which is terrible uh, yeah well <laughs> a lot of things haven't changed either so let's be honest <laughs> so <laughs> after high school he started working at Amway and would pretty much use the sale tactics that he was learning there to flirt with women and pick them up at bars and stuff. Yeah. So he also bought a ton of books and audio tapes from famous motivational get rich and famous experts. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> how to love chapter one. No, just like how to get rich chapter one. Like, so he was always looking for the ultimate scam that would pay him like how to get rich money. for dummies. Yes, basically. <laughs> um while he was still in college he and a friend began like trafficking stolen goods like over the canada u.s border because they needed extra money um and then once he graduated from college in 1987 he got a job as a junior accountant at price waterhouse but he would still like try to find ways to make extra money because he like needed you know like expensive clothes and like yeah. fancy cars and junk and like a regular job would not make him that kind of money so um this is also around the time that he began a series of up to 24 rapes or attempted rapes and would get the nickname as the Scarborough Rapist from the media and police. So he mostly attacked very young women or teenage girls because mm -hmm. he had that weird virgin thing going on. Mm -hmm. um, 
most of the attacks happened outside usually around the victim's house and like after he would he would usually follow people like from bus stops back home to back to their houses or whatever but he did break into at least one victim's house and try to rape her in her bedroom which is scary um it's all scary but that's really scary um along with the rapes he would also like verbally abuse his victims and threaten to come back and kill them and their whole families if they said anything to anyone and that's true rapist <laughs> yes and because of this a lot of the victims didn't report anything until like way later well they- and i mean that's even today it's it's sad it's so sad um mm-hmm. how women just don't it's not even just about them like being afraid either it's also um how they feel afterwards about themselves too yes yes i know so i'm gonna go through a few of these attacks like not all of them because they're a lot but a few and i'm not gonna name any of the victims names i'm just gonna go through a few so on may 4th 1987 he followed a 21-year-old home from a, bu- from a bus stop and raped her in her parents' front yard. So this attack lasted for over half an hour in, in her parents' front yard. So only a few weeks later, on May 14th, he raped a 19-year-old girl in her parents' backyard after following her home from a bus stop. So same kind of MO. Um, this attack lasted over an hour. And then on July 27th, 1987... He attempted to rape a young woman, like he like beat the shit out of her, but she like fought back like hell and got away. So I see you, girl. Um, you, you badass bitch. <laughs> on September 29th, 87, he attempted to rape a 15 year old girl. And again, he did not succeed. So this is the one that he like tried to break in. He broke into her house and he tried to rape her in her bedroom. So he broke in. She's like asleep in her room. He jumped on her back because she's sleeping, like put his hand over her mouth, like covered her mouth and threatened her with a knife, bit her ear and bruised the side of her face. Bit her ear. Okay. So luckily before he could do anything else. Mike Tyson? Yeah. Like he didn't bite it off. He just bit it. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't mean. (laughs) I mean, like like that like that like it wasn't like a nibble it was like a, i'm it, gonna bite your ear off bitch. yeah it was like a bite he bit her ear bruised her face luckily before he could do anything else her mom like walked in and like started freaking out and screaming and so he like ran off yeah just okay she's like pack your bags honey we're moving <laughs> this is really sad because a 19 year old boy was actually convicted of that crime in 1989 Oh, that is sad. And he served a 16-month prison sentence for this crime that he did not commit. Um, He was finally exonerated because, like, later on, Bernardo later admitted to doing this. But this poor guy, yeah, this poor guy was in prison for this crime that he didn't commit. And then he was found innocent. And they were like, oops, my bad. Like, no hard feelings, yo. (laughs) Sorry you've been there for over a year. Right. let's just let you go. Thanks, buddy. That's our bad right there. So, December 16th, he was like, let me try for another 15-year-old, because that one didn't work, and he's a disgusting piece of shit, so why not, you know? Yeah. So, um, he raped a 15-year-old after she got off the bus, and this attack lasted one hour. After this attack, police issued a warning to women and girls in the Scarborough area not to travel alone, especially if they're taking buses, 
So like everyone's on high alert now for this serial rapist. Um, December 23rd, so like a week later, he raped a 17-year-old with the knife that he was threatening his victims with. Um, April 18th, 1988, he raped another 17-year-old. This assault, this assault lasted for 45 minutes. May 25th, 1988, he was almost caught. And this is like super frustrating because he got away. But like a uniformed investigator was like staking out a bus shelter because they knew that he like attacked people getting off the bus. And he sees Bernardo hiding under a tree like a fucking creeper. And then Bernardo sees the investigator because he's like in his uniform. And he's like, oh shit, and takes off running. <laughs> and so the investigator like pursued him on foot. But unfortunately, Bernardo got away. Okay, I was going to say, I think I, that's the one I knew about, um, how he almost got caught and went to jail then, but. Almost, but. But it would have been, and it would have most likely avoided half the other stuff that he did, but. Yes, and then there's other times that that would have, that he could have got caught Mm -hmm. that would have avoided stuff. So, um, October 4th, 1988, he attempted another rape, and the girl was able to fight him off and get away. But during the fight, he stabbed her in her thigh and her buttock, and she had to get 12 stitches. Yeah. Um, November 16th, 88, he raped an 18-year-old in the backyard of her parents' house. And then the day after that is when the Metro Police finally formed, like, a special task force dedicated just to, to like, catching the Scarborough rapist. Mm -hmm. So, like, okay, this guy's out of control. We have to figure out who he is and stop him. Let's, like, criminal minds this shit. They're like, we got to do something. We got this. Called Dr. Spencer Reed. <laughs> he would have figured this shit out. <laughs> or Garcia would have done it. Mm-hmm. No lie. <laughs> so. <laughs> December 27th, 1988. He attempted another rape, but he was run off by a neighbor who, like, heard the victim's screams. And then the same thing happened June 1989. He, like, tries to rape another woman, and she's, like, screaming for neighbors and, like, fighting back. And she, like, scratched his face all up. And so he, like, ran off. So now he's, like, getting annoyed because they're all starting to fight back. And he's not getting he's what like, he wants. Bitches, there's something in the water. <laughs> right. He's like, what the fuck's happening? Like, why can't I just be an asshole and rape them? Because, bitch, no. You little bitch-ass bitch. Um, and they're like, fuck you. <laughs> right. So he's getting mad. So August 15th, 1989. He, like, changes it up a little bit because he's pissed. So instead of his normal, like, follow them home from a bus stop, grab them off the side of the road, whatever, he waited for this 22-year-old to come home and, like, viciously, viciously attacked and raped her. So the night before, he had, like, stalked her and watched her from outside her window and then, like, waited all day the next day for her to get home. Like is, father, like son. Exactly. Fucking creepy ass peeping Tom motherfucker. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. he's a fucking creeper. No, sir. So this attack lasted over two hours, which is mortifying. Um, December 22nd, 89, he raped a 19-year-old in the stairwell of an underground parking garage. So he's just like, in the middle of the day, out in the open, not giving a fuck. So... Remember, these attacks all started in, like, May of 1987. And I've gotten to, like, 89 now. hmm Well, in October of 1987, so not long, a few months after he started this, he was at this convention for work in Toronto, 
and he's like in this hotel restaurant and he meets a girl named Carla Homoka. So at the time he was 23 and she was 17. It was straight up lust at first sight for both of them. So within a few hours of meeting each other, they were having sex upstairs in the hotel room. So that that escalated real quick. Like, (laughs) Um, so Paul was like infatuated because Carla wasn't like other girls he had met, which I'll get into in a little bit. But before, um, before I get into that, I'm going to like get into her background. So, so let's talk about Carla a little bit. So this piece of shit, Carla Leanne Homoka was born May 4th, 1970 in Port Credit, Ontario. And she was the oldest of three daughters. So it was her, then Lori, and then Tammy were the three daughters. So her father, Carol Homoka, was a Czechoslovakian immigrant. I can say that, but I can't say, what was the other word? <laughs> Humiliating. <laughs> this Czechoslovakia. <laughs> yeah. So he, he works as a traveling salesman, so he wasn't home a lot. And he also had a bit of a drinking problem. And when he was home, he would often get drunk and like get into fights with her mother, Dorothy. And so while that's happening, Carla and her two younger sisters would be in the other room comforting each other. So like parents in the other room, like screaming and fighting and they're all like together, like, oh, it's cool. Like we're, we're okay. We got each other. Um, that's like really sad and stuff. But like, I was like, why wouldn't her mom just like leave him and take the girls when I was first reading? And I was like, why wouldn't she just like, whatever. So it seemed like one of those situations where the woman tolerates abuse because she like really, really loves the man like twistedly. So, um, her mother really loved him and wanted things to work out and always wanted to do whatever she could to keep him happy. So like, for example, this one time she found out that he was having an affair and instead of like kicking him out or like chopping off his dick or, you know, like normal reactions to finding out your dude's cheating on you. She decided the best thing to do about this was to just go ahead and have a threesome, you know, her, him, mistress, we'll just, we'll just make him happy. Yeah, no. <laughs> Your face is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> no, motherfucker. <laughs> no. Right. So, no. <laughs> from That's a young... That's not how that works. <laughs> is, is it not? That's not how that works. <laughs> Let me teach this bitch something. Oh. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I feel like I have nothing to teach. Just don't do that. I, I don't have anything to teach except for just leave. Uh, so from a very young age, Carla was known to be like bossy with her friends. Like she always wanted to be in charge, like have her way. And like they would always have to play what she wanted to play. Mm. So like she had this one friend that she met when they were like six and they were friends for like a really long time. But this girl was like a little tomboy. And Carla was not like at all. She was a little Barbie. She was a little Barbie. Mm-hmm. So when this friend first met Carla, when they were six, she first saw her at school. And she said that she thought that she looked like a princess and really wanted to be friends with her. And like, she actually even asked her once if she was a princess and Carl just kind of like laughed. I was like, no, I'm not a princess or whatever. And then she never said anything about it again. But like, she's like this little six-year-old. Like, that's a princess. <laughs> um, so they would remain friends for years. But they always had to do what Carla wanted to do whenever they hung out. Which mainly meant playing with Barbies. 
which the other girl was like not into because she likes sports and like playing outside and all the stuff. But she wanted to be friends with Carla, so she'd just go along with it. So Carla was like obsessed with her Barbies, like majorly obsessed. And she often told her friend that when she grew up, she would have a perfect life like Barbie. And she would live in a perfect house and have a perfect husband like Ken. Meanwhile, her friend's like, cool, can we go outside and play hockey? Like, <laughs> She's like, cool, can I go make that mud pie now? <laughs> right. Like, I don't want, I don't want to do this but yay for your perfect life so cool want to see me want to see me eat bugs (laughs) right i am six (laughs) so this is sad okay this same friend had a pet hamster do you know about this i do know about this so carla convinced her that they should make a tiny parachute for him and it'd be really really cool It'd be really cool to see him fly out the second story window. But, like, don't worry. It's fine. He won't get hurt because he'll safely land in the yard because he'll have his tiny parachute. And so um, her friend's, like, not really for it. But she's, like, yeah, okay. Because Carl's, like, trying to convince her or whatever. At the last minute, her friend, like, changes her mind. She's, like, I don't want to do this. But Carla was already holding the hamster strapped into the parachute. And she just, like, yeeted him out the window. (laughs) Oh my god. Do you remember when I had my hamster? I do. Do you remember when we had Gypsy and Gypsy took the hamster? Gypsy and Muffy. Gypsy and Muffy would play catch with your hamster in its hamster ball. Like, but the no. Do you remember the time that Gypsy opened the ball? I don't. They were playing catch with him. For everybody that doesn't know, Gypsy was a black lab that we had. (laughs) Oh yeah, sorry. And Muffy was her little shih tzu. Muffy was my shih tzu. And I had this hamster, and I remember distinctly, this is, it'll never leave my mind. Your hamster's name was Speedy, I remember that. I do. Um, We were sitting on the couch watching TV, and we heard this, like, weird screaming noise. Oh, my God, it's terrible. I forgot about it, and I hear my ears now. And we didn't know what it was. And it was my hamster screaming for help, basically, because the dogs were playing catch with it. They were like, literally took her out of the hamster ball and were like playing catch with a hamster. Like they were throwing it back and forth to each other. But she was fine. She lived for another like year after that. Like they didn't yeah, hurt her. Yeah, okay. Like we got it and we, and we realized from then on out, we had to put duct tape on the, the I think ball. they literally were just trying to play. Like, they weren't trying to hurt it, though. They were just no. trying to play with the hamster. <laughs> they were just trying to play catch. And we literally had to put a piece of duct tape over the hamster ball, like, over close, the, like, like little, little closure. Yeah. To keep them from opening it with Yes. Yes. So, oh yeah. Carla. Yes. Yeti- so, anyways, her friend's hamster didn't live. <laughs> no, she yeeted that hamster out the window, and he died. And... Had to be buried in the backyard in a shoebox. Yes. And then a few weeks later, Carla dug the shoebox up because she wanted to see how the hamster was decomposing. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know that part. Yeah, that's kind of a red flag. Like, that's that's not okay. So. That's not your friend, girl. (laughs) They stayed friends for a while after that, but like, nah, girl. I'm going to need you to tell her to go home. Get the fuck out of my yard. Me and my hamster alone. Mom, I don't want her to come over anymore. She keeps she forcing not- Barbies on me and she fucking yeeted my hamster, my hamster out the window. She is not allowed to have an after school snack. Do not give her them hot pockets. Don't give her them pizza rolls. Like, no. 
so oatmeal cream pies <laughs> so some people actually say that she wasn't trying to kill the hamster okay because okay it, <laughs> okay <laughs> that's cute <laughs> that's real cute especially since she dug it up to look at its body after but okay um <laughs> Because she, it was, it was like well known all throughout her life that she loved animals and she wanted to be a veterinarian when she grew up. And so she really just thought that like this parachute would work and the hamster would like safely fall to the ground. No. Okay. So when she was about 12, she got super into Nancy Drew and Hardy Boys books and she became obsessed with true crime, which is like same girl, but that's the only same girl. <laughs> same girl um as we're she, not on the same level <laughs> no no sweetie so as she, she got older she was very much this angsty teen kind of like paul after his mama told him about his daddy so she didn't care like what anybody thought about her like at all she was just like what the fuck ever think what you want i don't care she would start like cussing loudly just i don't know where just to, like get a reaction out of people oh okay yeah just like you know, everybody does that, right? Yeah, I thought you were about to say, just like you. I was like, what? I wasn't, but you said it. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't do that. You don't, know. Um, When her parents would get into an argument, she would, like, just straight up start cussing her dad out. <laughs> like, okay, just going off. Um, she started getting into the cult. Her and her friends would play with Ouija boards and, like, try to summon spirits. She was all, like, into, like, punk rock music and like all kind of stuff like whatever teenager um she showed friends small like very small tiny cuts on her arms and told them that she had attempted suicide but her friends all say that they were like really tiny and superficial and that she was probably just doing that for attention so um she was super bold and outgoing in high school and she had no problem talking to guys um in high school she dated she dated this guy named doug and like they ended up having sex like she lost her virginity to doug okay and so she's like telling her friends about it except it's not like the normal girls like telling her friends about like losing her virginity she's like yeah like we experimented with drugs and we had sex um and then she goes into detail about like bondage and whips and like <laughs> super kinky stuff. And meanwhile, Doug is like, um, it, no, it was like standard missionary, y'all. <laughs> like, <laughs> he, he was like, I don't know what she's talking about, but that is not what happened. We're not, I don't know who she was sleeping with, but that was not me. <laughs> that was after high school Homoka started working at a veterinary clinic and she went to a convention in Toronto and that's where she met Paul Bernardo so now they've like met they're like hey what's up want to go fook in my hotel you know (laughs) did you say fook I did say fook (laughs) what's a fook (laughs) You know that's what they said and, and they were like cool let's do it so that's that's where we were before okay we're all caught up so paul is already this sadistic rapist and this bitch is like crazy so it's like a match made in heaven um they're immediately attracted to each other and this intensifies once paul realizes like hey this bitch is crazy too 
So he like got her phone number and got her address, which is like very unlike him. Cause she lived like two hours away and he usually just like raped girls and like threatened <laughs> them and then left. <laughs> he was like, like, Oh yeah. Let me get your number. Um, are you into rape? No. Okay. <laughs> yeah. He was not like the relationship guy. He was not like, let me get your number. He was like, let me just, let me just rape you real quick, girl. Like that's, that's what he was like. So, um, they very quickly get into this twisted relationship based on Paul being the master and Carla being like his willing slave. So that's mm-hmm. cool. Very like dom sub relationship, yeah. super fast. She meanwhile told her friends that she had met the most perfect man in the world and that he was so different from all the other girls she's ever dated. Probably because he wasn't like standard missionary. Yeah, because he's, <laughs> he's a rapist and a killer. <laughs> right. So by November, so like the month after they met, he's like driving to meet her twice a week, even though she's like two hours away. Um, her family really loved him when they first met him. Like they just always like, they all liked him because he was like so charming and he could get anybody to like him. He had all this charming sales tactics and all that stuff that he had learned. So since he's the master of the relationship, he begins controlling every aspect of her life. So he tells her what to wear, how to style her hair, what to eat, and what opinions to have. Because that's how this works. Yeah, no. <laughs> and this is where, I was like, what the fuck did you just say to me? <laughs> I'm going to need you to say that again a little closer. <laughs> I'm going to need you to repeat yourself when he starts repeating himself. No, no, honey, I'm giving you a chance right now give me a chance to like fix what you just said because i'm sorry i'm giving you a chance because i'm gonna tell you right now that if i get up i'm gonna <laughs> i feel like i feel like medea every time that oh. stuff comes out you know so i've like, never ever seen a medea movie oh i've seen like all of them they're hilarious i'm actually okay with never seeing a medea movie. i would legitimately get up and be like i'm gonna smack the fuck out of you <laughs> i mean i would do that but i don't know how i'm assuming medea would do that i don't know yes <laughs> yes so um eventually at one point one of her friends found the list i did air mm. quotes um this was basically like a list of what carla should do to keep paul happy in the relationship so i'm gonna just read a few things off the list real quick um it said things like maintain a healthy diet exercise regularly have good hygiene never let anyone know our relationship is anything but perfect be a perfect girlfriend for Paul. If Paul asks for a drink, bring him one quickly and happily. Don't talk back to Paul. Remember, you're stupid. Remember, you're ugly. Remember, you're fat. I don't know why I keep telling you these things because you'll never change. Like, these were all on the list. I'm assuming he wrote the list. Or, but, she, wrote, or she wrote down the stuff that he said to her. Right. Which, all this is terrible, but do not feel bad for her because... She, she is his willing oh, slave okay, and she's a terrible all, piece of shit <laughs> i do not feel bad for her because i know exactly what this bitch did and she's fucking crazy Bitch, <laughs> crazy look bumble knows you're exhausted by dating all the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters and what do i even say other than hey <sighs> well That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. 
So during this whole time that they're dating, Carla knows about all the rapes he's committing. Like she knows about it. Um, she doesn't just know, she encourages it. So remember how I said Paul liked being with girls that were virgins? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously when they met, Carla wasn't a virgin. Like they jumped right into bed with each other and she had had whatever had happened with Doug. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he finds out that she's not a virgin, shockingly. And he was like super upset about it because like he wanted to take her virginity like to hell so she feels really bad about this and she wanted to make it up to him so she encouraged him to rape young girls and take their virginity right to like make up for it like what so by 1990 paul and carlo were like engaged like they'd been dating for a while like three years something like that um they're engaged her family remember her family loved him so they like couldn't be happier um, at this time, Paul had lost his job as an accountant, and he was smuggling cigarettes across the Canada and U.S. border. But, like, her family didn't know that. But they were making, like, thousands of dollars a month from him just, like, smuggling these cigarettes. Um, he was spending tons of time at the Homoka house, like, where her parents lived and mm-hmm. she lived and all that. They all loved him, especially Carla's younger sister, Tammy, who was, like, 15 at the time. Oh, perfect age. Yeah. So she like loved him. She's 15. He's like this cool older guy that's dating her sister. And her daughter's like, her sister's like this cool older girl. And she's 15. She just wants to hang out with the cool kids and be a part mm-hmm. of it. Um, Like she really loved it when Carla and Paul would just like hang out with her and spend time with her. She thought that was amazing. Whatever. Paul starts getting super obsessed and like infatuated with Tammy like grossly obsessed and eventually his obsession gets to the point where he starts pressuring carla to let him have sex with tammy so he's like hey fiance because they're engaged you know how like i couldn't take your virginity well i should be able to take your sisters yeah i should be able to take your little sisters to like make up for that like that would only be fair vomitous so (laughs) carla's way for a while she was like she was like uh i don't know like that seems not normal <laughs> that seems um, fucked up okay yeah so for a while her way of like giving him this gift of tammy would be that she would dress up in tammy's clothes and pretend to be her during sex yeah that's the face you should make it's her little sister <laughs> like what the fuck so he also this is gross. He liked watching Tammy undress outside of her window. And since Carla always wanted to please Paul, she like broke the blinds in Tammy's window so that it'd be like easier her easier for him to see into her room. And so he would like stand outside of her window like a fucking prevert, like his dad, and jacket. And Carla would help him. Yeah. Because she was like, hopefully this will be good enough for him. Like this is me giving him Tammy, right? Ew. <laughs> Your face. Stop making that well, face at me. I'm just telling the story. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I know the story, but I don't know all, I don't know those types of details. Right. The story. But yeah. I will tell you, like, I know them. I know what they did. Yes, they did. The terrible. But terrible I'm going to say, like, it's fucked bruh, up. They're fucked boyfriend, up individuals. Yeah. 
if your boyfriend's over here like, hey, let me have sex with your little sister, uh, he wouldn't be my boyfriend no more. No, <laughs> get the fuck out of here. Like, you gonna be in jail, motherfucker. So she's like, maybe if I do this, it'll be satisfying enough for him. Like, he'll get over it. Like, no, spoiler alert, not enough. Like, that's not what he wanted. No. So he keeps pressuring her. And in July of 1990, she was like, okay, I've got to give him her my little sister's virginity because, you know, it's mine to give. No. Um, so she stole some Valium from the vet where she worked at. And she made Tammy a plate of spaghetti laced in Valium. So her plan was like, I'm just going to like drug her. And then when she's unconscious, Paul can like have sex with her and she'll never know and everything will be great. You know, that's fine. Because that's how sex Everything's fine. Yes. So she like puts it in the spaghetti. Tammy eats it. Tammy passes out. And Paul begins to rape her. And while, while Carla watches, in the meantime, Valium is not like something that's going to knock you out like that. So. No. No. So Tammy begins to wake up. And so, like, Paul, like, gets off of her and, like, he's like, oh, God, shit, what the hell? And so, by the time she, like, actually, like, came to, like, he was, like, off of her. And they're like, oh, wow, like, you just, like, fell asleep? That's so weird. And she, like, never knew that that happened. Right. So, that was in July. And they're like, well, that was, like, really close. Like, let's not do that again right now. Like, maybe later. Right. So, December of 1990, Carla decided it was time to try again because Paul's, like, still crazy obsessed with Tammy. So, she's like, I'm just going to give her to him as a Christmas present. So, on Christmas Eve, the entire, like, her whole family's there at at the Homoka house. They're, like, all there. They're having dinner. They're happy. They're celebrating. Like, Paul's there. He's got his fucking video camera out and like taping the whole family celebration mm-hmm. um everyone's having a good time and then it gets late and everyone's like well let's go to bed so carla and paul told tammy hey you should stay up with us and like hang out and watch a movie she's 15 they're super cool she's like oh yeah like that's awesome i want to hang out with the older kids you know um so they go downstairs to the furnished basement and they pour Tammy some eggnog and rum. So she's like crazy excited because, like I said, she's like younger. And yeah, they're like, like, oh, this is so cool. Yes, this is so cool. I'm going to hang out with my older sister and her cool boyfriend. And like, they let me drink alcohol. Like, best Christmas Eve ever. Wrong. Worst so, Christmas Eve ever. <laughs> literally the worst Christmas Eve ever. So instead of bringing home Valium this time, Carla brought home Halothane which is a much stronger drug and it's used like as an anesthesia for like dogs when they have to go into surgery. So since it's like, and as anesthesia for dogs, it's like dosed based on the dog's weight, just like, just like any other medicine, like dosage is based on your weight. So Carla's not a doctor or vet. Like she doesn't know this. So things are going to get real bad. Way too much. Yes. So Carla just, like, puts a bunch of halothane in Tammy's drinks because they don't want her waking up like last time. So she pretty quickly passes out. Like, within the first, like, 20 minutes of the movie they started, she, like, passed out. And um, she passed out. Paul 
he's got his fucking video ca- camera. I'm gonna just gonna keep saying fucking video camera because he's a monster and like tapes everything. They're both monsters. Um, he begin begins raping Tammy while she's passed out while Carla films it with the same camera, by the way, that they've been using that he was using all night to film like the family holiday celebration. Mm-hmm. So like the pig. Yes, because they pick like literally later on investigators after they watch the tape, they say that it went straight from like Christmas celebration to raping unconscious Tammy. Like so the whole time this is happening, if Tammy would like start to move around or act like she was gonna wake up, they would hold a halothane soaked towel over her face to knock her back out so she so she wouldn't wake up. Right. So they just like were repeatedly dosing her right so she drank it she ingested it and then she also was inhaling it like non-stop so everything's filmed and it wasn't just paul raping tammy so he would rape tammy and then he would encourage carla carla to do, to do the same thing so like he would take the camera and film her raping her unconscious little sister yeah eventually Tammy started to vomit and she began choking on her own vomit. So they freaked out and like tried to help, but like were not, they didn't know what to do at all. So instead of really helping, they just kind of like got her dressed and cleaned her up and moved her to her room and called 911. So the ambulance gets there and Tammy has a massive chemical burn on like the entire side of her face. So, because of the towel that they were holding over her face, like, major chemical burn. And, like, it was huge. Like, I saw autopsy pictures when I was, like, looking into all the stuff. Like, whole half of her face is, like, bright red. Like, and then, like, part of the other side, there was, like, spots of it. Like, it was, like, super obvious. Um, EMTs were like, "Um, what's up with that burn? And Paul was like, oh, like, she got really, really drunk and crazy, and I had to, like, drag her to the bedroom to bed. So she must have gotten, like, a little rug burn when I dragged her. Right. (laughs) That would be the reaction I would think the EMTs had, but they were just like, okay, yeah, checks out. Yeah. (laughs) He was like, then she choked on her own vomit because she was, like, so drunk. And they're like, yeah, okay, that, that sounds right. So she's like rushed to the hospital and she's pronounced dead when she got there. And the death was like ruled as an accident. Like that was like the ruling. She like she got drunk and like choked on a vomit. Um they didn't do like a full autopsy on her because like her sister was there and was like, yeah, she just got really drunk and choked on her vomit. So like her family was able to a talk screen. Well, they didn't do a talk screen because they didn't do the full autopsy. I know. I'm just saying, like, you would think that they would they would have done a talk screen regardless, though, because. They, right. But her sister was. Drunk. was yeah. Her so sister was. W- <laughs> let's make sure that it was alcohol. Well, they were just like, well, her sister's here. Her sister's like, oh, she drank a lot. Oh. And her fa- job. <laughs> they're like, she, her sister's here and says she drank a lot. So that's what happened. Like, oh. <laughs> I, I, I agree. But like, that's what that's how it went that's how it went so at the funeral paul was seen stroking her tammy's hair in the casket because he was like yeah because he was still like so obsessed with her he like he was always so obsessed with her 
straight up bombed his. Why are you so obsessed with me? <laughs> yes. Three weeks after Tammy's death, three weeks, the couple made another video. I said three weeks and I held up two, but you couldn't see it. <laughs> three weeks. Three weeks. Three weeks. <laughs> so they made another video in the same basement where they killed Tammy. And this video became known as the Fireside Chat. So it's extremely vulgar and crazy fucked up. And if you go looking for it, you can find a transcript, but like be warned, like it's not, it's not okay. Like it's super, like I read it and it's fucked up. Um, in the video and the transcript of the video, whatever, the two of them are basically, they're laying naked in front of a fire. I'm not going to go into the, all the vulgar details, but they're naked in front of a fire. Carla's talking about how great it was when they raped Tammy. And when he raped the other girl a few weeks before that, and she tells Paul that she wants to do that for him every weekend. She says she wants to help him kidnap and rape as many virgins as he wants because he's like her king and he deserves that. And then the video ends with them, like they move up to Tammy's bedroom and it ends with them having sex in Tammy's bedroom while Carla pretends to be her dead little sister. Super fucked up. You know, like normal couple stuff, right? So Yeah, that's not normal couple that's stuff. That's not okay. okay. So, as I said before, he's already, like, committing all these terrible rapes in Scarborough. Um, like, sometimes in the middle of the day outside, he has no concerns with being caught, like, at all. In May of 1990, one of his victims actually saw enough of him to give police, like, enough details to make a computer composite picture of him. Mm-hmm. So police released the picture two days later after the girl gives it. And after a few months of getting tips that the sketch was of Paul Bernardo, like they got multiple tips from people. They're like, hey, that's Paul Bernardo because <laughs> it looks so much like him. They're like, well, maybe we should question this guy. Huh. <laughs> right. <laughs> like they had multiple tips. So they question him. This only lasts like 35 minutes. Okay. They asked him why he thought he was being questioned. He was like, well, I guess it's because I do kind of look like this picture. And they're like, well, yeah, you do kind of look like the picture. <laughs> and he's like, you know. Are you the picture? No. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Bye. Basically. <laughs> so <laughs> they, they, they were like, there's no way that this well-educated, well-adjusted nice guy could be the man we're looking for. They're like talking to him. Clearly, like, they didn't know Ted Bundy. He charmed him. <laughs> he charmed them, a la Ted Bundy. <laughs> and they're like, "Hey, would you mind like just because like I know this is very inconvenient, but you would you like mind giving us DNA?" And he's like, "Sure," because he's a fucking psychopath. He literally gave them samples of his blood, hair, and saliva. And they're like, "Thanks." And then they didn't bother running his DNA for another three years. Because he's like this nice guy. Like he wouldn't do this. So like that was in May of 1990. If they had just run that DNA. Again. Tammy, would, Tammy, <laughs> Tammy and all the other victims would still be alive. Like. Yes. So. June 1991. Carla had moved out of her parents' house. To rent a place with Paul. Because her parents were being like super annoying. Because they were like grieving over Tammy's death. So, right. I know that's just so 
It's annoying. so annoying. She was like, all they ever talk about is Tammy. All they think about is Tammy. Like, it's getting on my nerves. Like, her dad kept saying he wished she was still alive. And if she was, then he would buy her the green Porsche that she had wanted for her 16th birthday that was coming up this year. And Carla was like, well, um, that's some bullshit because you're supposed to be paying for my Barbie dream wedding. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So she moved out and they moved like into this house or whatever in June 91. So Carla at this point is ready to present Paul with an early wedding gift because she's a fucking psycho. She's like, here's another virgin for you. So this one was a girl that she had met at her vet job. And this girl actually resembled Tammy quite a bit. So this girl is always referred to as Jane Doe because she survived and she was a minor at the time. So like they never released her name. Um, she was 15 and she knew Carla from the vet and she thought Carla was like the coolest and she wanted to hang out with her. And Carla invited her to her house for dinner and she was like crazy excited. and was like, oh yes, we get to hang out, whatever. So she comes over, they have dinner, they talk for hours, and they drink peach schnapps. But Jane's drinks were actually laced with halothane. And um, after a while, she passed out and started, like, sleeping very deeply. And Paul was, like, excited because Carla had brought this girl home for him. But he was also nervous because they re- she used halothane on her, and that didn't go so well the last time. But Carla's like, don't worry, I got this under control. Like, this is just your gift. Don't worry about it. So he's like, yeah, okay. And he raped her while Carla videoed the entire attack. Um, He even did his personal favorite, the brutal sodomy. Yeah. And she never woke up throughout the entire attack. She was, like, so drugged that she did not wake up. Thank Jesus. So when they're done, Carla, like, cleans up the blood off of her, like, cleans her all up. And puts her to bed. And the next morning she wakes up. And she's like sick to her stomach. And like sore. And like all this pain. And she's like what happened? And um, she also like meets Paul. For what she what she thinks is the first time. Because she didn't see him the night before. And they're like oh you just got like. Oh. Super drunk. And <laughs> oh, you passed you got out. I, I know that it feels like you had sex. But you didn't. <laughs> Right. You're just like, I don't know why you're sore. That's like super weird. You just like got really drunk and passed out. You should probably go get that checked out. Right. But also don't. So <laughs> <I don't. laughs> so, so she goes home and she like tells her mom that she must have the flu or something because she feels bad, but she doesn't want her mom to know that she was drinking the night before. So like, that's all she told her mom and she didn't know anything else had happened. So like, that was that. Mm-hmm. So she didn't know. That's on June 7th. Okay. On Friday, June 15th, 14-year-old Leslie Mahaffey had stayed out, like, way past curfew. Like, she got home at, like, 2 a.m. Okay, girl, why? (laughs) She's 14. (laughs) So, when she was younger, she was, like, bright. She was described as a bright, sweet, smart child. Like, super sweet. Everybody loved her. As she started to grow older and, like, her preteen hormones, like, started going crazy, her parents said that like she seemed to change overnight like she was like this headstrong teenager she'd been getting into like a bit of trouble in the past few months um like she'd been Mm -hmm. caught shoplifting with friends she Mm -hmm. stayed away from home for like days at a time and even when she would do that like her parents would never consider her runaway 
even though she stayed gone for like six days one time because she would always call them when she was gone and be like i'm okay but i'm gonna be home mm-hmm. um like they had this huge falling out and she she and her mother had actually like started like bonding and getting closer and it comes to this understanding like her mom's like i don't want to like keep you home all the time and all the stuff but you have to understand that there's like curfews and boundaries like you're 14 like and she was like okay yeah, yeah i get that so they're actually just, like starting to get along and she's not like doing that much anymore um but then this particular night she had gone out with her friends to a classmate's wake so one of her good friends had recently passed away in a car crash and so they're like all at this wake and then after the wake they decide that they're going to go to the rock which is kind of like this hangout spot for teens they always got those weird ass names they do for like, <laughs> these hangout places yes so they were like let's go to the rock and let's have a few beers and like reminisce on the good times that they had with him and whatever so cute that they have that too because like here in kansas you just meet at sonic <laughs> literally when i was in high school sonic was the only hangout um <laughs> all there is it's always sonic but apparently there's rocks so they go to the rock they have some beers they're like all reminiscing or whatever they lose track of time before they know it it's like 1 30 in the morning yeah and she's like well shit my parents are gonna be pissed i was supposed to be home at 11 like whatever she gets home and the doors were locked at her house so she didn't because basically because they were like okay she was doing better like we ha- we had this understanding we're gonna teach her a lesson if she's not gonna meet curfew like whatever i don't think mm-hmm. they meant for her to be like locked out all night i think they were just trying to like scare her and teach her a lesson or whatever well yeah but also how guilty do they feel which is terrible oh my god that is i bet they feel like the worst like that is terrible and it's not their fault how would they know like um so she gets home the doors are locked she doesn't wake them up because they're gonna be like hella pissed so she walks to a payphone because it's like 1990 and they don't sell those. <laughs> um she calls her friend amanda to see if she can stay the night it's like two in the morning amanda's like um i can't ask mom this late like she's gonna freak the fuck out and so Liz is like okay it's cool it's fine whatever i'll just go home i'll wake my parents up they're just gonna yell at me no biggie i'll just like ring the doorbell and face the wrath you know it's fine yeah so that never happened so as she's outside of her locked house she gets home she's like let me try to look for another way to get in before i ring the doorbell as she's looking for another way in paul bernardo drove up and spotted her so he had been prowling around the neighborhood looking for license plates to steal because you know he smuggles cigarettes and you can't cross the border using your own license plate when you do that yeah (laughs) so he happens to see her and he like lures her to the car and um i think like he was like hey do you want a cigarette or something like that and whatever and she's like oh yeah she goes to the car he kidnaps her at knife point and takes her back to his and carla's house so for the next 24 hours leslie was tortured beaten and raped by paul and carla they like videotaped the entire thing because that's what they do um the next day they're like well shit she definitely saw both of our faces she knows where we live because you drove her here like she's gonna get us arrested so to prevent getting caught bernardo strangled leslie with an extension cord and killed her and then they were like well now what like we gotta get rid of her body so 
they used a chainsaw to dismember her body. Oh, God. Uh-huh. Because that's what you think. Like, automatically, like, I gotta get a chainsaw and, like, cut this shit up. Like, I mean, I knew they did, like, they dismembered her, but I didn't know it was a chainsaw. Yeah, they, they dismember her body. They then put the pieces of her body in concrete and threw them into Lake Gibson. So, on June 29th, so, like, two weeks after she's gone missing... So she's gone missing. Her parents are like freaking out, like trying to get the cops to look for her. Meanwhile, the cops are like, you've called us before. Are you sure she's not run away? Like before. And they're like, no, like before she would always call us and be like, hey, I'm here. I'm fine. I'll be back this time. She's not calling us. Like we can't find her. And they're like, yeah, okay. They're not like super. They're not worried about it. Right. Um, June 29th, they let's see William Greckle and his wife are getting ready to go out on their canoe on Lake Gibson so the water level had dropped quite a bit from the last time they were on the lake and William had to like get off into the mud and like push the canoe out so while he's getting ready to push off he noticed five blocks of concrete that were stuck in the mud and so he's like trying to push the thing he's like got his paddle and he used his paddle to like knock over one of the concrete blocks he's thinking it's just like paver blocks from like whatever yeah and he sees what appears to be part of a human body encased in it and he's like what what the fuck i'm not really sure what i saw he like he's like what the fuck is happening he just like pushes the canoe off and paddles away and he's like i don't know what i just saw like that can't be right well a few hours later he comes back with two fishermen and was like, I just got to check this out. Can y'all help me? They were like out there fishing already or whatever. And they're like, yeah, whatever. So they discover that it was in fact body parts in these concrete blocks and they call the police. So police get there and they, they find, they ended up finding the body of Leslie. They eventually identified her through her braces. Yeah. Um, so that's, on, her body's found on June 29th. At the same time her body is found, Paul Bernardo and Carla Homoka are having a super expensive, flashy Niagara Falls wedding. Like the same fucking day. Mm-hmm. It's like the perfect fairy tale wedding that Carla had always dreamed of, complete with a horse drawn carriage. Of course. Of course. So, she Paul, bougie. fucking bougie as shit. Paul didn't have a problem with spending a ridiculous amount of money on the wedding because he's like, well, if I have this big fancy ass wedding, then that means I get big fancy ass wedding gifts. So he had figured that the couple would make around $50,000 off the wedding from all of the like gifts and like checks and stuff that they got. He was like, if I spend $50 a person on a dinner, then I should get $100 a person back. Yeah, that's not how that works. <laughs> it's like, what the <laughs> fuck are you doing? Because my <laughs> wedding is not, that's not how my wedding worked. There's <laughs> a Home Depot card. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> so, they have their Ken and Barbie dream wedding, and Paul thinks he's going to get rich or whatever, and the entire time, they're these awful, terrible child rapists slash murderers. Mm-hmm. So, at this point, they're like, well, now what? We need an- another girl since we had to kill the last one you know (laughs) so they go back to jane doe from before and jane like i said was like super obsessed with carla like she wanted to hang out with her and be friends and she didn't remember the terrible things they'd done before yeah she just thought she got sick 
Yeah. So Carl invites her over again. And this time they just kind of like casually throw out the idea of her having sex with Paul. And she's like, what? <laughs> she's like, no. <laughs> she's like, okay, first of all, you're married. And also I'm a virgin because she thinks she's a virgin still because she doesn't know, which is terrible. Um, so they're like, yeah, okay. And so they drug her again and rape her. But this time she stopped breathing. And so they freak out and call 911. And then after calling 911, they realized that she had started breathing again. So they called 911 back and was like, never mind, it's cool. <sighs> right. And then, and she like left unharmed or whatever. Which to me should alarm the cops to come and check it out. Well, I mean, everything's cool now. <laughs> how that works. <laughs> That's how it worked. So, <laughs> all right, April 16th, 1992. You were a little baby. <laughs> um, <laughs> 15 year old Kristen French is in her church parking lot on her way home from school. She's like this very pretty, popular girl. Everyone that knew her loved her. She's described as like super sweet and kind, and she would always help like anybody that needed help. Um, this is like the Thursday, I think, right before Easter. So um, they decided to like go scouting for another girl because they need another girl. And they ended up using her kindness against her because she's like super helpful and would tell people. So Carla pulls up and she asks Kristen for help for directions. And she gets out of the car and she's got this map and she like lays it on the car and she's like, can you like show me on the map? Like, I don't understand. Like, I'm so lost, whatever. And Kristen's like, yeah, sure. Like, whatever. She comes over there. She's like showing her on the map. Mean In the meanwhile, Paul has come up behind her with a knife and like forces her into the car. So she actually very smartly left a shoe in the parking lot on purpose as like a clue as to where like the last place she was before she got taken um the two of them take her to their home where over the next three days they beat her they forced her to drink large amounts of alcohol they tortured and raped her and sodomized her like for three fucking days because they're garbage people because they're fucking garbage people. Fucking gar And they caught it all on camera. Like, all of it. Because they're terrible. So, it was clear in the tapes that um, Kristen, like, tried for the most part to, like, cooperate with them. Like, she was probably thinking that if she cooperated, then they let her go. They let her go. Yeah. But unfortunately for her, this only pleased Paul because he was the master. Yeah, he was just like, oh, look, she wants to do this. Right. So, that made him even more sadistic. Um. And then on April 19th, Bernardo used the same extension cord that he'd used on Leslie to strangle Kristen to death. Because again, she knew where they lived and she could ID them and all that stuff. So Carlo watched Paul strangle her. And then after she immediately went to go fix her hair because it was Easter Sunday and they were supposed to go into her, to her parents' house for dinner. So like, you know, let me go fix my hair. Like, no biggie. You just strangled this girl that we've been like sadistically beating and raping for days it's fine um they go to her parents house for dinner everything's cool they dumped Kristen's body in a ditch and then it wasn't discovered until april 30th yeah so her beaten and bruised body had been washed 
like they had washed her all up, dumped her in a ditch, and her hair had been cut. So originally it was thought that her hair was cut to keep it like as a trophy, like some serial killers do. But it turned out that this was just Carla's way of like trying to throw off the police because like because she, she looked like dumb. Yeah. <laughs> basically, Kristen was known as having like this beautiful long brown hair. And maybe if she had this really bad haircut, she'd look like a different person. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Right. There she was like, they can't identify her because I cut her hair. Places, but it wasn't called. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Yes. So <laughs> since she wasn't dismembered like Leslie had been, originally police didn't connect the two murders. Yeah, they didn't think it was the same. They didn't. But like eventually they did. They were like, no, this is same by the done by the same like fucking crazy ass psychopath. So um also after Kristen's death, Tammy was seen wearing a Mickey Mouse watch that exactly matched the one that Kristen like always wore. So they kidnapped her, beat her, tortured her, raped her, sodomized her, killed her, and then wore her fucking Mickey Mouse watch. Like what? The... They they fucked up. They fucked up. <laughs> they fucked up. So it came out in the news that a woman had seen a struggle in a car at that church on the day that Kristen was abducted she was like i saw the struggle in this car like whatever but this witness didn't know much about cars and she said that it was a camaro mm. so she, the people were looking for the wrong type of car yes without knowing it she like threw off the investigation a bunch because they're like looking into camaro owners in the area or whatever and meanwhile paul drives the fucking nissan which is not at all camaro <laughs> um so that like threw everything off but they're also still continuing to get more tips pointing to bernardo like this whole time like everybody's like hey it's this like, guy it's this guy so they called him oh, no. <laughs> like he's a really nice guy though like he's like super nice and they're like oh no, it's not him <laughs> they're like but he's a rapist and they're like no <laughs> so no so they called him again and like again he cooperated with them because he's like fucking insane he was like yeah like it's weird i was a suspect in that scarborough rapist case a few years back probably because of the like facial similarities or whatever but like i was cleared i guess they must have caught the guy like i haven't heard anything about it in a long time you know so obviously they had not caught the guy um but also the rapes in Scarborough had like suddenly stopped once he moved away and moved in with Carla. Um, but again, police were like, y'all, he's like clean cut. He's good looking. He's polite. Plus he doesn't drive a Camaro. <laughs> like he could have done this except for two officers who are like, maybe we should just like double check this. So they called the lab and the lab was like, oh, we haven't gotten around to testing that DNA yet from a few years ago. Cause like he didn't seem likely. So we just kind of like stored it and never thought about it again. So like he hadn't been officially ruled out. They just never tested it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's cool. Good, good policing lab work. Um, <laughs> in the summer of 92, that's when Paul started using Carla as a punching bag. And he oh. like, 
My yeah. father likes fun. What? <laughs> so he began regularly beating her to the point that like her family knew about it. Like her family had loved him before. Yeah, I think I saw a picture before of uh like he gave her like two black eyes. Majorly black eye. Like, yes. So that was in January of ninety three. He beat her with a flashlight. Uh yeah. Yes. I and her eyes were like majorly black. Like, I mean, you there was no hiding it. You cannot cover that shit up with makeup. Like it was <laughs> not hideable so her family is like concerned at this point they're like like leave him like go stay at your sister Lori's friend's house like her friend is married to a cop and they can keep you safe so they finally persuaded her to stay with them and once she got there they took her straight to the hospital because she had like these major bruise eyes and at the hospital she claimed that she was like this battered spouse and she filed charges against Paul. Which, I mean, yeah, she was battered, but also she's fucking shit-stained also. So. <laughs> she's a shit-stained also. <laughs> she is. So, he's arrested and then, like, immediately released on his own recognizance. Like, they just, like, let him out. Um, February of 93, the lab finally got around to running his DNA samples. So, that's, like, three years after he willingly gave them the samples. Yes. Um, Three years later, and it turned out that he absolutely 100% raped at least three victims, the three that they had semen samples on. <laughs> the three that actually came forward. <laughs> right. Um, so they're like, okay, this this is the dude, y'all. Who would have thunk it? <laughs> like, this hmm. is the guy. Ted Bundy. <laughs> so he ends up getting arrested, and while they're searching the house police find a video of the videos they have of jane doe so the one they didn't kill so they find this video and they arrest carla so when the police later questioned jane doe she had no idea what the fuck they're talking about she's like she's like what like say what now (laughs) yes because she was like knocked out and she didn't remember anything so that's what the can you imagine like what the fuck (laughs) I, oh man that would make me that would haunt me that, and she was like 15 at the time um so yes the next day after carla was arrested she requested and was granted the right to file for divorce and then she very that, that's what you should be thinking about right i i need to divorce this guy right this second he beat me and and I didn't like it. <laughs> I didn't do any of these things that he's about to get in a lot of trouble for. Except that you did. So she filed for divorce and then very quickly, very, very quickly got a lawyer and immediately began playing the victim. Um, she said that Paul had done. Forster and all that. Yeah. She was like, Paul had done all these terrible things. She was this victim. She couldn't get away. Like he threatened to kill her if she ever told anybody what he'd done. Um, she was transferred to a psychiatric hospital for assessment and like given large doses of drugs. And during that time, she wrote a letter to her family. So I'm gonna read the letter real quick because she's this innocent little victim. Because she's trying to be Barbie. And she killed her little sister. Um, dear mom, dad, and Lori. Because <laughs> there's no Tammy anymore. There's no Tammy anymore. This is the hardest letter I've ever had to write, and you'll probably all hate me once you read it. 
I've kept this inside myself for so long and I just can't lie to you anymore. Both Paul and I are responsible for Tammy's death. Paul was, quote, in love with her and wanted to have sex with her. He wanted me to help him. He wanted me to get sleeping pills from work to drug her with. He threatened me and physically and emotionally abused me when I refused. No words I can say can make you understand what he put me through. So stupidly, I agreed to do as he said. But something, maybe the combination of drugs and the food she ate that night, caused her to vomit. I tried so hard to save her. I am so sorry. But no words I can say can ever bring her back. I would gladly give my life for hers. I don't expect you to ever forgive me, for I will never forgive myself. Carla XOXO. Bitch. Bitch. <laughs> she signed it XOXO. Bitch. <laughs> so she's clearly playing the victim. You the liar. <laughs> Bitch a liar. So the liar. She she received a plea bargain in exchange for testifying against Paul. So they're like, if you agree to testify against Paul and plead guilty to manslaughter, then we'll only give you a 12-year sentence. And she was like, done. Yes. Like, that's what I'm going to do. So she told them that Paul had, had admitted to her that he had raped over 30 women and that he had killed Tammy, Leslie, and Kristen. So Paul found out about this and he was like, what the fuck? <laughs> He's like, this is bullshit this bitch crazy too like it wasn't just me so he told his lawyer to go to his house and look in a light fixture in the upstairs bathroom and he would find some tapes right <laughs> so police had already searched their home and hadn't found those tapes at all like all the tapes that they had done of all these terrible things they hadn't found them but they never thought to look in there right and so he's like lawyer go look here don't look at the tapes he told him not to look at the tapes well he did because, like, who wouldn't look who at Who wouldn't? So, after watching these tapes, Paul, Paul's lawyer was completely mortified. He saw that Carla was not at all the innocent victim that she claimed to be. She was happy, compliant, and willing to do all the terrible things that she did to all those girls. Um, but since the plea bargain was already finalized, and Carla had already given them so much stuff against Paul that wasn't on the tapes, like info on other rapes he committed and stuff like that the tapes were never used against her like ever so a psychiatrist concluded that she knew what was happening but she felt totally helpless and unable to act in her defense or anyone else's defense blah 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 <laughs> they said that she was paralyzed with fear and she became obedient and self-serving so a, a plea bargain specialist for the attorney general named Murray Siegel made a statement saying, without her, the true state of affairs might never have been known. A guilty plea is the traditional hallmark of remorse. Her age, her lack of criminal record, the abuse and influence of her husband, and her somewhat secondary, ro secondary role are factors. And she's unlikely to reoffend. Like that's, yeah. She was crazy before they met. Yes. So, July of 93, she was sentenced to only 12 years in prison and got ready to testify against her ex-husband. Like, 12 years. Okay. So, Paul's trial was delayed for two years after his arrest. Arrest? Arrest. His arrest. Yeah. So, so <laughs> one reason for that 
was that Paul had put his lawyer in a super difficult ethical situation. Well, yeah, because his lawyer watched the videos and was like, oh, I'm defending this guy. <laughs> right. So he led his lawyer to the tapes, but he only did that because he believed that if his lawyer had them, then the prosecutors would never see them. So Paul didn't know that prosecutors already knew about the tape because Carla, Carla had told them about it. They hadn't seen it, but they knew about it. But they don't know that his lawyer has them. Right. So his lawyer was like all torn up about it. He was like, what the fuck do I do this? I'm supposed to defend him, but also what the fuck? Like, like what the fuck's going to happen when the prosecutors find out that I have evidence that yes. was never submitted? Right. And like, so he's like, it's my duty to defend this guy, whether... I know if he's guilty or not, like, I'm the defendant. Like, that's my job. But also, I know that he is not innocent. Because I've seen, like, I've literally physically seen these tapes. What do I do with these tapes? Huh? So I'm going to botch this case. So what he did was he kept the tapes for 16 months before he finally turned them over to prosecutors. Like, he finally, like, decided, no, I'm giving them, I'm turning them over. And he, like, withdrew himself from the case. He was like, I can't do this. Like, here's the tapes i can't do this so he was later charged with obstruction of justice and possession of child pornography yes yeah so that like pushed bernardo's trial back like a long time he's lucky he didn't get charged with more because there was actually several other offenses that he was doing right keeping evidence stored Mm -hmm. away like factual evidence um nothing was ever (laughs) nothing was ever submitted into anything that's what keeping evidence weighs (laughs) oh no i'm just saying like he was literally hiding it and didn't submit it right Uh, he's having he's having this big like moral dilemma and he's like what should i do with it but also his moral dilemma is lasting a lot longer than it needs to because he needs to do something about it his job as a lawyer though is like if any evidence is brought up, you're su- you have to go out, amend all your paperwork, submit it all for new evidence, right? Placed into the case, right. and instead he withheld it, and so he withheld it. They knew about it because Carla had told them, but they had never actually seen it, and she had done this plea bargain. So when they finally got it, it didn't matter. Like she had already had this deal. Yeah. Right. So May of 95, Bernardo's trial finally began. Hamoka testified against him and she had already agreed on her plea bargain. Um, September 1st, 1995, he was found guilty of all counts against him and he was sentenced to life in prison. So December of 2001, the tapes were destroyed because they're like, there's no legal reason to keep them. And, like, it's better for the victim's families. Like, nobody needs to see this shit. It's, like, fucked up. Yeah. Like, majorly fucked up. So, tapes are destroyed. Um, Paul Bernardo is still in prison today. Carla is a different story. So, Carla was released from prison in 2005 after serving her 12-year sentence. Since then, she has changed her name many times. She's gone by Carla Teal, Leanne Teal, and Leanne Bordellis. So she married her lawyer's brother, whose last name is Bordellis. That's where the Bordellis came from. Yeah. And they've had three kids together. So she has children now. After she has three children after 
raping and murdering three children basically and her sister being one yes um in 2017 she was discovered living in quebec and volunteering at her children's school so she was like often chaperoning field trips and stuff before anybody realized that she was who she was um when they found out it was her everyone's like what the actual hell like <laughs> she brutally raped and murdered three children including her sister like how is she allowed to come to a school like what the fuck oh my god um despite nobody can see my face right now but it's like in disgust he's like mortified despite this story like blowing up in media and like petitions going around the internet like trying to have her like they're like sign this to have carla homoka like a registered sex offender because like that's not how it works but they're like if enough people sign it maybe it'll come to their attention um she technically still isn't registered as an offender she's yeah she's just like out there in canada living her life with her husband and three kids like that's where she is i wonder how her kids feel as of like when she was found in 2017 her kids were like probably around like our my kids age yeah they uh, i hope they don't know but also they should know that their mother's a fucking monster these poor kids have no chance, I feel like. They don't. Like, it's terrible. It's straight up terrible. They don't have any chance. Um, Her lawyer's husband that was, that she married, like, he was questioned, like, like, how do you feel about this? Like, you know that she was, like, this terrible person or whatever. And he's all, like, he was literally just, like, well, she hasn't done anything in years. So why do y'all think she's going to do something? She murdered her baby sister. <laughs> and raped her. And raped her and along raped with other, yes. Like, what the fuck? And let her husband rape her. As a gift, a Christmas gift. Twice. Technically raped her twice. Yeah. Yeah. Twice. <laughs> twice. Also, she, uh, huh. Huh. there's a movie that's called Carla that came out in 2005. So I didn't know about this. I was doing my research and I saw it and I was like, oh, what the fuck? I should watch this. Watched it last night after I was done with all my research. So it stars um, Laura Preppen from that 70s show. And are you kidding me? Watch the new black and fucking, oh, what's his name? Cass from Supernatural. Misha Collins. So they're Carla and Paul. Oh, that's actually why Donna was blonde the last two seasons of that 70 show because of this movie. That's awful. Also, it is. It is awful. And I watched it. Now, now I'm looking at, um, I'm looking at Carlisle wrong. It gets bothering me. You're looking at what? Or not Carlisle. Um, Cass? Cass wrong. Well, let me tell you that Misha Collins it for everybody that's wondering. So and first of all, let me tell you, I watched this movie last night. Go ahead and watch it if you want to. It's free on Amazon Prime if you have that because that's what I watched it on. I really, really hated it. Let me tell you why. Because it literally portrayed Carla as just this innocent be- person. Innocent beaten mm-hmm. person that like didn't want to have any part in anything. And that's not how it went at all. Like okay. at all. So but it's also, definitely not exactly like it's, the... It's definitely not like what happened in real life. 
Um, especially if you read all of the freaking transcripts transcripts from the fucking videos that they taped. Like she was a huge like she she was in it. Like she was she was a major part of it. But Misha Collins, Cass, literally has said that he regrets ever playing this role. He wished he had never done it. Like he didn't know it was such a huge thing. Um he didn't after- know it was like based off of this. He didn't know it was like it was such he knew that it was based off of a true event, but he didn't know it was like such a big case and like so many people knew about it and all the stuff. And he actually got a phone call from like one of the victims' families after it. And he's like, I wish I had never done that. Like I wish it could never be seen. And he he ooh, like That's I didn't awesome. I was like, I love Misha Collins, but I wanted to punch him in the fucking face. Yeah, I'm actually really shocked because I'm shocked at both of them for even wanting to sign up to do a movie like that. I hate the way they portrayed her because they really like put her out there as like just this innocent victim the entire time. Like, and that's not how it went. I was watching this. I was like, this is not fucking how this goes. (laughs) Like at all. No, that's awful. It's straight up awful. I don't know why I called him Carlisle. <laughs> I don't know either. That's that's something. Twilight. <laughs> I never. Oh uh, wait, what? Twilight? Isn't that his name? I think it is. Yes. I, I don't know. Whose uh, name? Not that guy. Like he didn't play in that movie. Okay, literally all I know about Twilight is There's Bella, <laughs> Ed, and Jake. Yes. Okay, that's all I know about Twilight. Yeah no um, also also team jake because i don't do sparkly vampires yeah they're so i it's funny let's get on the i'll get on this twilight tangent real fast oh um, i don't know about that life but okay <laughs> I, I watched them all i watched them all for like the second time in my life um like i don't know near beginning part of like quarantining and stuff because I was running out of things to watch I was like oh I'll watch this and they were so bad it was like I had to watch the next one to see if I just have to say nobody's gonna be able to see this but I have to say I cannot stand I don't care who hates me I cannot stand Kristen Stewart I can't stand her either she cannot act she has the same fucking confused ass look on her face that's her only face like they say something this this is her face like she's, the entire fucking time I see her in any movie, she's fucking like confused. Take to herself too. Like I don't know. I don't, I don't care about that. You, you girl, you want to be manly, be manly. I don't care. But Kristen Stewart in uh, Panic Room, she was good there because she was super young. I don't think I saw that. He didn't but also have, didn't have a lot of lines. <laughs> maybe I did see that. Like that sounds familiar, but I don't remember her in it. That was the daughter, the one that had the die like she was diabetic and they were in the panic room because her like her, oh, her mom- so she was like passed out the whole time yes that's what i'm saying she was oh, literally- see, i'm fine with her if she's passed out it's so- <laughs> little to no lines see that's fine i just can't take that fucking obnoxious confused look all well, the time I will tell you why that- is she confused about everything she's part of the reason i still to this day refuse to watch the newest charlie's angels that came out I have not watched it, but you know what I did watch that I hated her in? This has just become a I, I hate know. Kristen Stewart podcast. I'm sorry. But the fucking, what is it? The Hunter or the, oh, 
Oh, yeah, when she played Snow White? Yes! Girl, I am Snow White a thousand times before you are. Stop looking confused at the, at the hunter. Like, what the hell? <laughs> right? That was the worst take of Snow White. They've done so many live-action Snow White movies out there already, and she was the worst one. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like it. I don't like it. If you like Kristen Stewart, I am sorry, but I am not sorry because I don't like it. Well, I'll get off the Kristen Stewart tangent, but I was saying, like, I got... I started all these Twilight movies and I was like, oh, I'm going to watch this one. The first one is awful. I was like, maybe it gets better because like they're old, like it's a different year. Maybe the acting and stuff got, it got worse. I didn't think it was possible. The very last movie when she like had the baby, like the baby had never saw any of that. I don't know. Even the graphics were awful. They literally, it was a computerized baby it was awful they couldn't get a real baby <laughs> it was awful it was so bad it was so bad so um basically I wasted so many hours of my life now I'm just like trying to think of bad movies to talk about <laughs> no, I know. I'm sorry also I was like oh I'm team J- I, I never watched or read this stuff but I'm team oh. Jake because Taylor Lautner is cuter than but fucking whiny ass like, oh yeah it was awful but I was like I was like, Taylor Lautner's cuter than this pale, gangly, sparkly well, vampire. Lautner, all I think of is Shark Boy and Lava Girl. That's what I was going to say. So <laughs> I'm like, oh, Team Jake, he's he's cuter, right? And then I have a daughter and she gets obsessed with freaking Shark Boy and Lava Girl. And I'm like, I've never seen this before. And I'm watching it. I'm like, that's, that's fucking Jake. <laughs> I'm like, why are you watching? Why are you watching Baby Jake? And she's like, oh, I love Shark Boy. I'm like, oh, good. My daughter's in love with Baby Jake. Great. Should cool. I break it to her that he's like 30? <laughs> it's, I thought he was, I thought he was a little older, but yeah. He probably is. I'm just guesstimating. I don't know. But regardless, it's so <laughs> awful acting. Like if you're a Twilight lover, that's awesome. Cool. But they suck. <laughs> they like suck. you do you. If you want to love that, love it. Love what you love. I do not love that it's not my cup of tea and that is why I had only watched it one time before and also I'm just gonna say that the time that before this last time that I watched it I was a lot younger <laughs> so I don't hate on like fictional stuff like that like I love Harry Potter I love Lord of the oh, Rings I can watch Harry Potter all day every like, day I love all that shit but I they, cannot they felt like they were so much better actors <laughs> like they they didn't do bad so can I tell you that I like recently made my family go back and watch all the Harry Potter movies because they hadn't and I mean they're good but they weren't what I remembered. <laughs> I know I watched I watched them not too long ago too um like all of them I will say that I forgot how sad the last part was though it's so, so. sad and also I, I made my boy cry with with, with Dobby 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 I'm done. I'm done talking about fictional. Like everybody's gone. Nobody's listening anymore. They're like, "What the fuck?" (laughs) Anyways, that was your case. (laughs) That was that was the Ken and Barbie killers, y'all. Like Barbie (laughs) They are fucked up, like straight up. And she's just like out there in the world. So like, look out if you're in Canada. Like, yeah. Oh damn. Yeah. Right. Tell me how that's going, Canada. <laughs> like, don't let your kids. Actually, I'm kind of curious if, if, uh, because I know we've, we've got some 
listeners from Canada. I'm kind of curious to know, has anybody ever bumped into her? <laughs> so I saw there was literally a Facebook group that was like watching Carla Homoko was what it was called. After it was found out that she was like volunteering at this fucking elementary school. It's also not creepy or anything. <laughs> well, they were like, well, if they're not going to put her on a fucking offenders list, then we're just going to straight up fucking watch her and be like, hey, she's here. <laughs> Keep your kids away. <laughs> oh, damn. Yeah. Um, I like got on Facebook and looked at it and it looked like nothing had really been done in years. Like people post articles every now and then, but like nobody was like straight up keeping tabs on her anymore or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, like look out Canada. <laughs> Cause yeah. she's fucked up. Yeah. That's fucked up, man. I don't care what anybody says. She, she, he might've beat her and shit, but she was willing and fucking psychopathic like she's definitely not and if she's listening to this (laughs) jesus carla homoka you're an awful person (laughs) you are a shit stain in the world and that's all (laughs) we victims and their families will never be forgotten so yeah let's get let's get on to the um the information so the information we're, we're obviously going to post this stuff on instagram so yeah. um just a reminder for all you listeners that if you want to drop some stories we are wanting to release um an episode here soon listener tales um, yeah on listener tales so so anything creepy anything <laughs> true crime paranormal just creepiness just tell us tell us your stories if you don't want us to say who you are we won't just tell us hey anonymous and and just a little um update on like the the website we've gotten a couple of um blank submissions and i think people are just having some trouble we think we cleaned it up we think that there's not an issue out there anymore so for those that are wondering how to submit um, it's pretty simple. Just go on there, fill out the name. If you want anonymous, you can put anonymous. Um, get also, if you want, you can just send it to our Gmail. Just put yeah. in the subject, put listener tail in the subject, and just send it to our Gmail, serialholic sisters at gmail.com. Yes. And we're also going to um, work more on the website, and we think we're going to separate our listener tales um, so that you'll have your own little spot to go and submit some stories to make it a little easier too. Um, but yeah, so yeah. follow us on the stuff. Go listen like, to all the stuff you can find. Like, like us and review us on the Apple. Yeah. Cause that's like, like super helpful. We like the reviews. We do. We do. We do. Just like, don't be mean because I can't handle it. <laughs> <laughs> Check out serialholicsisters.com. You can find all of our information there. And that's yeah. that's it. Yeah, we're weird. We're weird. Let's be awkward. Okay. Awkward. Okay. Bye. Okay. Bye. <laughs>